ready to rock. I know. Welcome, <laughs> welcome everybody to episode 14 of Leading Ladies Corpus Christi. I just can't get enough of my next guest. Her name is Caitlin Shook. <laughs> welcome so, I mean, just thank you for being here. Well, I only agreed so I could hang out with you, Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and not only this, so Caitlin is my second guest to bring booze, but she took it a step further by making what she refers to as her medicine. And what yeah. is it? <laughs> Very true. Um, I didn't, it wasn't even a second thought about bringing, it was just what I was going to bring. And since we were already going to do a shot of tequila, Clamato sounded like perfection. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause usually I give my guests water, but, uh, we're, we're taking it a step further. We're, we're going to have two drinks this go around, but first things first, tequila shot. All right. Ching-a-ling. To Caitlin. Pink. I know it. I'm you. <laughs> oh boy. So Caitlin. I've known you for years, but I don't think I realized until very recently how involved you are in the community. And how did that start? I mean, did it start when you were a kid? I mean, was it your mom? Like, how did you get there? I don't even think I realized how involved I was with the community until you asked me to be on here. Yeah, gotta <laughs> <I> was... recognize. <laughs> um, well, I've been back in Corpus a little bit over a year. Is that it? Yeah. Whoa, from... From, well, I went off to Austin to go to UT, mm -hmm. and then after that I just looked for anything that would pay me to travel, and I got ever so fortunate to find something that would pay me to travel, and then I did that. And the entire time, while I was in different cities working, I was like, where would I like to come back? Where would I like to make a home? Corpus was always the one that beat out everything. When mm -hmm. you think about cost of living, we have no traffic in reality. I know people Absolutely. bitch, but we don't. Yeah. And then being by the water, I mean, just a variety of things that make Corpus number one in my book mm -hmm. um so that's also why i'm happy to be back in the community helping yeah. out i mean you definitely are doing that well it makes it easier because a lot of our a lot of our organizations are genuinely fun and have really good people involved in them too so is it just you decided i want to come back to corvus which by the way anyone that's listening kaylin's been all over the place so for you to make that determination Says a lot. Because, yeah. I mean, a lot of people kind of hate on Corpus because, you know. Well, that's because they don't know any better, frankly. Um, <laughs> Keep it real, girl. Yeah. Well, I've worked in, lived in, traveled in, like, 80% of the U.S. coastline. From Washington State, down back to Texas, over to Florida, all the way up to New York. Wow. Uh, you know. So, for anybody to not like Corpus, they might not know that much. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, we should certainly have our negatives, but anywhere you go, there's going to be a negative. Absolutely. Yeah, you want to go to, like, New York City, you're going to deal with the cost of living and traffic. Mm -hmm. And a lot of other things that I don't have time to mention. Right. But I actually <laughs> love New York, so it's not a big deal. But anywhere you go, I mean, San Diego, do you think you could ever purchase a home there? No. Yeah. Not going to happen. We play this game, my husband and I, where we'll be watching something and we'll be watching a movie. And they'll be living in some, I don't know, little bungalow or something. Mm -hmm. And my husband will be like, I guarantee you that that's probably like $1.5 million. Oh, absolutely. Like, just, just to buy. I mean, that, that's unheard of, yeah. you know? Like, like he's all this house in San Diego, which this is not a fancy house. Yeah. You know, I mean, you're looking at a couple of million, so definitely something to keep in mind. Hands down. But San Diego's amazing. The weather there, I right. mean, the nightlife, just the whole vibe of it is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But you just got to pick what your pros and cons are going to be for where you want to live. And it was kind of perfect to come here. Yeah, no, I, I love that you're saying that because, like I said, you're definitely a well-traveled person, and for you to to say to make that determination after <laughs> everything you've seen is just amazing. So I know you come from a line of strong women. I mean, you told me <laughs> that your mother remodeled the upstairs portion of a shop. Yeah. Over eight years. Yeah. So I mean, has that influenced how you are 
and how you live your life? Um, definitely, uh, hands down, they've influenced my character, my personality, my thoughts, my values. Um, both of my grandmothers have passed away, but in reality, like, they always live on in your brain. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly what my grandma would say. If I had come to a certain issue, my grandma would be like, whatever you do, you have fun and don't give a shit about what anybody else thinks. Oh, I love that. And then my granny, my mom's mom, would say, oh, you know, well, she was just an absolute angel. She was the woman that was out there feeding any kind of stray kittens, stray cats. She volunteered, um, I mean, countless years in the Lions Club, which also started my volunteering. Mm -hmm. But um, both of them were very strong-minded and very sweet in their own way. And then right. my mom is... I don't even know. She's like this little powerhouse. She's tiny. You can put her in your pocket. Mm -hmm. She's like itty bitty. But she spent eight years renovating the upstairs of our mechanic shop. And that was like a building built 1910. Um, and I'm talking everything. Yeah. Ground up. When I was a child, we couldn't, there were certain areas you weren't going to be able to walk in because you could fall through the floor. <laughs> you know, like it's. Jeez. I mean, yeah. I mean, the better part of a decade. It was extensive. And it was like a lot, a lot of work. But. She's enjoying it. Yeah. And so, I mean, so she's pretty much done. Yeah. I mean, yes. how, how amazing is that? Because a lot of people will start that kind of project and kind of quit. I'd oh, say yeah. with after, I mean, a year is being generous. Restorations of anything, whether it's a vehicle, a home, a building, anything, it's exhaustive and it's a lot more intense than you ever think it's going to be. Yeah. I, I, I know. I mean... I wouldn't even know where to begin. So anyone that's able to do that kind of thing is pretty amazing to me. So Lion's Den. T tell me about this because I've never even heard of it. Are you, I, uh, Lion's Club? Or Lion's but Club. I, I may have, I mean, I've had Lion's enough, Den. I've had enough tequila <laughs> and wine that maybe I said Lion's Den. No, you said Club. <laughs> oh, what is Lion's Den? Uh, anyway. The Lion's Club is actually really awesome. I've looked into a little bit of the chapter here in Corpus, but I haven't gotten involved. But my granny, um... Every month, like the third Wednesday of every month, we do bingo at Sunnybrook Retirement Home. Or yes. Retirement facility. Every Sunday? Uh, Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Okay. Um, and that was the, the low, at the time, it was the lower income nursing home, basically, right. in Corpus Christi. And we did that. She started me at five. I think my sister Callie was uh, seven. And we continued doing that on until basically until my grandmother couldn't anymore. Mm -hmm. So... That was like 13 years later. Wow. So it was, you know, it was really uh, interesting as far as the knowledge of this is, uh, the knowledge of becoming geriatric. Like, Yeah, you're shit, seeing it happen. My time is precious. Mm -hmm. This is going to happen sooner than later. Um, so the knowledge of time was, was always, was probably the biggest thing that that volunteering had to do with it. See, I love that. And I didn't even think about that because a lot of people kind of shy away and are shallow about interacting with older people. They, they feel uncomfortable about it. They discard them, mm -hmm. which is unfortunate because yes. they still, a lot of them still have the same mental capacity going on. They either have, and that's the shitty thing is if you lose one, if you either lose your mental faculty or your physical faculty. Mm -hmm. So I don't know which one I'd like to, I don't know which one I'd prefer to lose. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you. Either way is sh shitty, but I've always had that thought. Yeah. See, I thought I knew, but hearing you talk about it, I'm like... Maybe I'd like my brain to go so I wouldn't be aware. But yes. I don't know. That could be you also terrible. You literally just pulled that out of my... Yes. 
Um, I remember, so one woman in particular that was, I mean, there were a lot of characters there that you saw come and go because obviously it's a nursing home. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember still in the, in the cafeteria where they sit, I can remember there were different cliques. Oh, you know, wow. like there was the older Hispanic ladies that sat in the very far right. They were always so sweet. Not all of them spoke English. And then there was right, if you sat right by the bingo, whatever you call that, mm-hmm. when you twist it around, there was a group that were the real clever, smart people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't always. say. Cl- they were the ones always. that were paying attention. Yes. I, I, they were the ones that were taking the game seriously. Yeah. And then over here. <laughs> that makes me Over happy. here was, these were my two favorite tables to the very left. Uh, one of them in particular was Virginia, mm-hmm. and um, Virginia was an older white lady that couldn't didn't couldn't move her hands. So I would just sit there right by her, and we'd chit chat, and then I'd put you know they'd be like B two, so I'd put B two, and so we're talking. And I think at this time I was whatever age that I was gonna go to Del Mar and get my basics, mm-hmm. and then I'd later transfer to UT. But at that time, I told Virginia that I was gonna start in college, and she said, "Wow." She's like, that's just amazing. She's like, when I was your age, at no point did I think I would ever be allowed to go to college. Mm -hmm. She said, I was expected to play tennis. Wow. And she said, that was it. And I was like, fuck. What a fortune. I mean, what, how lucky we are and how, like, anybody that has the opportunity for education should Mm -hmm. take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, within the confines of what you want to do. If you don't want that, then that's fine. Of course. Um... So that was Virginia, and she was pretty amazing. Um, and then there was another woman over there. Mabel was also one of my favorites. She passed away while I was still there. I think Virginia was still living when I when um, I guess I was eighteen when I stopped. I don't know. But mm-hmm. anyways, there were just some really amazing characters there, and it makes you. And they didn't have a lot of visitors. It makes you realize. That's another thing. Absolutely. Your being there alone, I'm sure just brightened their day. I mean, but once a week they knew you were going to be there. Yeah. It was a pretty, it was a pretty wonderful, uh, wonderful experience. Yeah. Anyone who dedicates their time, like I said, like to people who are, tend to be discarded, I I just think is amazing. And, and, uh, you know, I wonder like, why am I not doing that? Or why didn't I do that before? I mean, it's always an intention, but I never put it into action. And it sounds to me like you just kind of went, to it seamlessly kind well, of thing. Well, no, my granny, uh, my granny was basically like, when I was five, she's like, you come and you do this, I'll give you a very large Hershey's bar. So, like at <laughs> Back any, when that was instead yeah, of... <laughs> when, uh, when anybody won a bingo, uh, another part of my duty was to take this huge box of candy. I mean, we had diabetic candy in there too, right. obviously. But <laughs> this huge thing of candy and like put it up and everybody would like think about it, you know, like take, it. really take a thought on there. And, uh, I was rewarded with it. So, I mean, as a young age, I did it mostly for the candy, but I mean, once I hit like 13, 14, 15, I was like, this is extremely rewarding. And it's also just, um, the whole, the idea of knowing that this is going to happen, that I will get, that youth is just a, Yes. Fleeting little opportunity that's really pleasant Mm -hmm. um, was probably one of the most priceless things that could happen there. Yeah. I mean, and and that's such a, I I find that generationally a lot of people don't want to think about that. You Mm -hmm. know, of course, I mean, we're we're in our early thirties and we're going to be young forever and Mm -hmm. it's just kind of, 
you know, putting yourself in that position. I mean, I just love that you did that. Okay, so tell me about your work with Coastal Bin Magazine. I mean, I saw your most recent post about the o opioid crisis, which I'm pretty sure affects, you know, the older generations specifically, right? It pretty much affects anybody. Okay. Um, there was an article that came out in JAMA that made, well, not all, I mean, What's not, JAMA? You gotta tell me what JAMA is. Um, it's a medical journal. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I work at the Noises County Medical Society which is a group of 800 physicians. It's organized medicine, and we're a charter of Texas Medical Association, which okay. is a group of 50,000 doctors in Texas. Okay. So it's, uh, it's organized medicine done right. Um, so one of our things is that magazine, Coastal Bend Medicine Magazine. Okay, that's through you guys. Yes, okay. that's through us. And we have a pretty strong editorial board, which is awesome, mm -hmm. and we're picking really strong strong and hard-hitting topics which is great too yes because this is going out to 800 physicians mm -hmm. in oasis county mm -hmm. so um it makes a big impact in our medical community if we if we just spread information right and, as something as simple as that right yeah. just disseminating info exactly because i found that this has just very recently been highlighted yeah most a lot of people didn't know about it well something came, came back and not all doctors really believed in it, but I mean, some were susceptible, but um, they, it said that opioids weren't going to be addictive. Now, I would say 80% of the doctors I talked to, they were like, fuck that, of course it's going to be addictive. This <laughs> yeah. is bullshit. Yeah. And, and I'm then, not a professional and I know that. Yeah. Well, and, and others didn't. So we also incorporated that. Sorry. Opie. No. Anyway. Oh, there's that too. Oi. Um, <laughs> somebody's outside. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's just protecting. It's good things. to be notified. Yeah. Um, so, what was I even thinking about? Um, yeah, so y'all are disseminating this info that most, that a lot of doctors didn't think it was an issue. Well, actually 80%, I would say 80% of the doctors I've talked to personally were like, no, that's moronic. Like, it's definitely going to be addictive. But they also came out with, like, it was a, it was, it's just kind of an overwhelming topic of also patients feeling like if they are feeling any pain, then the doctor's not doing their job, which is, that's not how that works. Right. That's the opposite of, of, of it. But, um, yeah. unfortunately now it's just like backing it up and obviously big pharma, big money, big bullshit. Frankly. Right. Oh yeah. Um, see, and I, I find that there's always kind of this underlying thing. It's like the Harvey Weinstein thing. Like everybody kind of makes the joke about Harvey Weinstein, but nobody's talking about it. Yeah. And I find that the big pharma thing is that inside joke until, you know, things, yeah. you know, blow open kind of thing. Yeah. Well, there, there was a percentage. Um, it was numbers. Numbers are leaving my head. I can't, <laughs> I can't think of it, but it, it's so addictive and, a lot of times that these prescriptions that aren't even that important go out for like 30 days. Somebody takes opioids for 30 fucking days? Shit. They're not going to... How on the? How are they going to... No, it's just insane. They can't get... I mean... Right. It's going to be impossible to get off of it. But what was great about that issue and that addition is that we had so many people come together. We had such a widespread spread of content from different authors... And yeah, tell me about it. Like, the, like how, how did great. you go about that, like, in terms of layout and stuff? Well, we have a great editorial board in that we, and why that's, uh, you know, it's it's a variety of different doctors. And what, what the best thing is, is to have 
their, not only their expertise, but also their connections. So we're like, all right, we're going to go after the opioid epidemic. Who should we be talking to? Where do we want to go? So we had um, Dr. Mary Dill Peterson, which is a badass at Driscoll. She runs the whole health plan. Oh, wow. She's crazy smart. And we had uh, Commander Todd Green from Narcotics Vice Division, CCPD. Really? So he was great. We had That's Matthew Manning from the District Attorney's Office. We have Tiffany Montiumar from um, the Council Against Drug and Alcohol Abuse. We had uh, Dr. Mark Janesser, Janesser. Mm-hmm. Um, and he discussed basically the history of it. it. His piece was pretty magnificent, and he had also just recently done a opioid presentation as well. And um, also we had Dr. Pettigrove, Dr. John Pettigrove, who has been, he was once the editor of, our, of this magazine. He's a fantastic writer. And he wrote about how negatively it affected China to start with. Okay. Like, I don't opioids, think I knew that. Opium, opioids. Oh, of course I knew that. You oh did. my God. Yes, well, I did know that. It's, it's, it's the tequila. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I'm like, China, opioids. Oh, opium dens. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it is, opioids and opium has been fucking people up left and right. So we just, and luckily, so, luckily we're, everybody's realizing that this is negative. Mm -hmm. Now, before that edition, we covered HPV vaccine, which is actually really fucking important. Yes. Like, I'm starting to realize this. Yeah. Yeah. Because was that a thing? You and I are in that time period where it was not a thing. Okay. You know, I have friends two years uh, back that got the HPV vaccine. Yes. I would love a, a vaccine against cancer? Right. Holy fuck. I have goosebumps. That's a miracle. Yeah. Like, Jesus. Like, yeah. what? So, unfortunately, no. That wasn't... You and I were kind of at that cusp where it wasn't being so strongly advocated for. Absolutely. So, the edition before, the, our magazine before, covered HPV. Because not all... I mean, unless you're a pediatrician... It's not or that in school, like yeah, like public school. Yeah, you're well for our doctors. It's not that prevalent in their mind. They don't realize it. But also, so even the craziest thing. So it, if you get the HPV vaccine, it could possibly prevent ninety eight percent chance of cervical cancer. But what's grown, what's more concerning is that now men, males, their the throat throat cancer is mm-hmm. going to be the leading cancer in males and. HPV related, hands down. Yeah. Uh, okay. Michael so, Douglas. Yes. You, you <laughs> literally just pulled that from my brain, but I need I need to digress a little bit. So when you say initially when you said HPV vaccination, I'm thinking you were vaccinating against a virus. I did not think of it in terms of vaccinating against cancer. Fuck yeah, Jesus. that's how you should think about it. Like, yeah. oh, you want to no, prevent just... cancer in your child or your boy yeah. or girl? It doesn't matter. It's like it's the same as chickenpox. It's that prevalent. You can just give a good hug and get HPV. It's not like. Fuck. Uh, people... I mean, not that I, you know, yeah. out like you know running game, but like shit. Oh, it's, it's serious. Yeah, it, it it is. It's it, and thank God though, it is being pushed, but it's not being as heavily pushed. The more people that know, the more people that are gonna, of course, you know. And it mm-hmm. just it's that ripple effect, and the fact that pro, eight hundred physicians read that ma- that magazine about they're gonna go and they're gonna say, yeah, go get that HPV vaccine. Mm-hmm. If anybody asks them a question, like they're. They can be an a, a adult doctor and, um, you know, they come in they're like, I'm thinking about getting, you know, somebody told me to get my children to have, you know, HPV vaccinated. 
Well, no. And he's going to say, no shit. Do you want them to have throat cancer? Yeah. <laughs> like, there we are. So just that small ripple keeps yes. making a difference. Well, I mean, Texas is such a big-ass state. I mm-hmm. mean, and, and y'all are taking it on, you know, as a county. And then, you know... Uh, What's the word? You know, there's expansion there. Mm-hmm. So, the, yeah. And like you said, something as simple as spreading knowledge yeah. can do a world of good. And, and it's interesting to me that you brought up HPV because I've noticed that there's a commercial campaign running now where kids are saying, uh, oh, you know, I have this kind of cancer. <gasps> oh, um, yeah. If only there was something we could have done to prevent it. Right, mom? Right, dad? And like as a mom, I'm like, oh my God. Like, I've heard of it. <laughs> yeah. I don't have a TV, but I've, I've heard of that. Oh, it's like in my face. There's like a, there's a group of doctors and a few other, and other individuals within the community um, that meet. It's uh, myself, Dr. Lori Anderson, who's a badass, Dr. Jane Siegel, who's I love hearing Super about clever. badasses, especially women badasses. Yeah, so, I mean, they're just boom. amazing. And then Dr. Kate Hensley, Hensley is amazing. I mean, all of these women are so amazing. And then there's uh, Jennifer Hernandez that works actually in um, Corpus Christi's immunization, Corpus Christi Health Department's immuni- uh, vaccine or immuni- I don't know. I don't know what yeah. her exact title is. No, at the health department. But anyway, she <laughs> did a personal story in the HPV article on her throat cancer. And it was incredibly moving. I didn't realize she had it. Yeah. Wow. Throat cancer. And she, she's in charge of vaccinating. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it was incredibly moving. But us and a few other uh, people get together and try and figure out how we can encourage that in our community. Yeah, okay. So, so we're also, uh, the Noises County Medical Society is throwing a huge health fair in August. Yes, please. August, yeah, what do you have going on? Tell me. August the 11th, uh, at the American Bank Center, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Free admission, free parking, like pretty much. Free parking? Uh, yeah, I know. You got me a free park. <laughs> kind of hoping to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but we're doing HPV vaccines. And uh, Amistad Clinic is helping us through that. With Dr. Lori Anderson. She's our chair for the health um, health fair, and she's she's outstanding. She's also a birder, which is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, I noticed <laughs> that you kind of were too, and I love that. I mean, you're just all about promoting corpus in, in every kind of way. We're the birdiest city. Yes. And but you re-emphasized that. You posted something a while back re-emphasizing We had that. the birdiest festival, which is a badass thing. Um, so it's cool. I love her to death because she's not only like this amazing pediatrician, it just has so many things going on in her mind and accomplishing all of it. But she also likes birds. And so yeah. she'll, she'll send me a birding photo every once in a while on email. So it's a win-win-win. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just feel lucky to have so many genuinely cool and smart people running around my life every once in a while. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you can't help but... I mean, well, you're a genuinely cool and smart person. And so, oh, I mean, you're it. just adding to that. But... I mean, this is another level because, you know, I'm inspired by a variety of things and and all the women that I've had on my podcast have inspired me in one way or another. I mean, you are hitting on these hard-hitting issues. I mean, this is huge. Opioid crisis, yes. I mean, I can tell you right now that my parents are, you know, they need to be educated on that. And then HPV as as a, you know, newly appointed mother – I mean, I need to be aware of this shit. Oh, you gotta get be... gotta get her vaccinated whenever when it's pro- time. You got you got time, but I mean, yeah. like, like I think thirteen is the the starting. Right. Um. It, it it just blows my mind. I mean, things are constantly changing, but yeah, you know, if, if we don't know, 
Yeah. And, I mean, and that's part of, part of what you're doing. I mean, so you're doing, not only are you doing your, uh, like, volunteer kind of stuff, but you're, you're helping change the culture by your day job. I mean, it's amazing. That's really sweet. How many I don't know if I'm that impacting, but that's pretty cool. Yes, you are. <laughs> that's sweet you of totally you. are. And I love that you mentioned the health fair, too. I mean. Yeah, well, I'm hoping to have a good attendance because legitimately, there's a lot of free health tests. And I don't, health care is mighty expensive these days. Yes. Like, it's uh, it's getting, who knows where it's going in the, in the future. You know, I have a lot of really cool older doctors um, that I talk, Dr. Pettigrove, that we talk about the future of medicine sometimes. And I'm like, I don't know what is going to happen. And he, he has some really interesting uh, thoughts on it. It's kind of nuts. But anyways, let's get back to birding for a second. Yeah. Yes. Tell, <laughs> tell me about this. I mean, because not only, I mean, you're like a superhero by day, but tell me like what your alter ego does. A fucking nerd. <laughs> That's why we get along. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, so I would like to encourage birding. Like, you don't have to be hardcore. You got, don't have to be, like, the primary feathers of a warbler. Like, bullshit like that. <laughs> but to know the basic birds in your region oh my God, you're, yes. is, is cool. Because mm-hmm. then you have another thing throughout your daily life, like your day-to-day life, that you can appreciate. Yes. Like, I'll go and walk on the seawall, and I'll be like, there's a great blue heron. There are a few ready turnstones Absolutely. being all types of cute. So yes. that's kind of nice. Just the more things that you can have in your life to appreciate, the better life. So and such a simple message, but there's so much truth in that. I mean, <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, because like hearing you talk about this, that's something that my dad has been un... What's the word? I mean, he's not like super openly passionate about it, but my dad knows his birds. Look at that spoonbill. Look at that Rosetta Crane. Adorable! Yeah, I mean, always. So yeah. you're absolutely right. But it's just, it's cool to be like, an appreciation, I think, is 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 what it boils down to, to be able to like appreciate like that's what that is. So it's funny though, I was driving out to Port A on the last Friday to visit some friends, and I saw a roseate spoonbill in the air. And I mean, it's fucking majestic. Yes. It's a pink thing in the air. Yeah. I mean, you're not going to see a flamingo in the air unless, I don't know, you go somewhere South America or something like that. But, I mean, it was badass, and it left a smile on my face for, like, ten minutes. Yeah, I mean, but you know what you're showing here is to be in the present moment, not focused on the future or, you know, Shit, thinking that about got the past. Deep, I do. I can't <laughs> help it. That's just me. I mean, that, that's true. That's, I mean, the way to get to... Uh, being true, truly peaceful is to be in the present moment. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so for you to acknowledge that is amazing. I'd like to touch a little bit because you mentioned Porte. Watch out for him. Is he <laughs> feisty? No, he's, he's fine. I think he likes you, which is why he came around. But there's a black cat in the house, and he can be a bit of an asshole. Okay, okay. back back to Porte. You helped out after Hurricane Harvey hit. Yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, it was terrific. I ended up with a dog. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. So, well, so you still have the dog. So um, our office was like jacked up. So a lot of weird things was going on with it in regards to like, I don't know, power. Like there was. <laughs> I have a drink. <laughs> don't, don't we all? Um, <laughs> so I was just like, well, and I actually really do enjoy physical labor. Like I grew up doing a lot of physical labor, mechanics, daughter. Mm-hmm. They put us to work. I know. Like, we weren't, they didn't, they didn't you're birth just us like for giggles. You're dream girl, girl. I mean, seriously. Like, just, it blows my mind. Mechanics daughter traveling the world. 
like saving it with the information you're disseminating, you're just incredible. I think you're giving me too much credit. But <clears throat> but I, I mean like physical labor makes me feel like I've done something. So uh, I had like the whole week off because nobody could get into our office. We have like some kind of a weird, I don't know, a variety of things were going wrong. Like something like door doesn't come up, door doesn't open. I didn't Can't care. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'll catch up. <laughs> yeah. But um, so anyway, I'd be like, who's going out to help? And I also, I mean, I have a terrific amount of friends um, that were genuinely doing work. You know, my sister went out, my brother-in-law, Brett Kaner, my mom, Justin Ramsey, who's the owner of um, Vernon's Bar, which is a great bar. Jeremy Berry. Uh, who else did I go out there with? A variety of awesome people. Oh, Jason Early as well. But I went out there with a variety of awesome, awesome people that just wanted to genuinely help. And our strategy was we drive, and once we saw somebody working on their own property, we'd be like, hey, we can help you out. And they'd be like, wow, thank you, we appreciate that. Um, so the first time we went out was just uh, my sister, my mother, and my brother-in-law, and we saw this, bless his heart, this guy using a machete on an oak tree. Wow. It was probably like in diameter, like three feet. I mean, that wasn't going to happen, mm -hmm. but you admire that tenacity. Like, that's yeah. fuck. Like, yeah. really? Like, no matter what, I'm going to do this, even if it takes all night. We had a chainsaw, so we were like, let's go make this happen. <laughs> we're like, hey, buddy, yeah. we're here, and we're kind of... <laughs> He's like, what are all these... Uh, yeah. Um, so that was great. But then, so I, I think it was that same day we went on and we started working on this other woman's house. And across from there was a church. So Brett, my brother, or my, yeah, no, wait, my brother-in-law? Is that what happens when he marries my sister? Yes. Okay. You got it. Uh, who so, is Brett? Who is Brett? <laughs> yeah. So uh, he was working on that house, like, and it was pretty complicated. Like that tree, it was a very large tree fell on this woman's Ugh. roof. Uh, and so Kat, we were all like, figure out the logistics. Let us know what we can help with. But mm -hmm. we're more of the pick up a branch yeah, and just, haul it away. Yeah, tell me what to do kind of thing. So we started sure. doing that at the church that's right across the street. And um, this really precious little dog walks up. And we're like, oh, who owns you? And then we come to, Callie's the one that pointed out that it's, there's no electricity. And we're in the ghetto of Aransas Pass right now. Okay. Should I say ghetto? It's Rife Street. It's fucking ghetto. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You're fine. Uh, but we're in the ghetto of Aransas Pass, and Conley's like, lights are going to be out. Like, this dog is going to, you know, like, get run over, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Very precious. Not a lot going up in the noggin, but <laughs> she might get run over. Uh, so, like, I strap a little rope around her, and I walk around the neighborhood, and I ask anybody else. I'm like, hey, do you know who this dog is? The lady that we're trying to get the tree off of her roof is like, oh, it's that couple's dog, but uh, they evacuated. Oh, okay. And I'm like, what the, f what do you mean they evacuated? Mm -hmm. They left this dog here when a cat, and when they evacuated, it was a category four. So that would have been like a storm surge of what, like eight feet? A lot. Like, Basically, they evacuated and left that dog to die. Right. I mean, they left a, a family member, essentially. It's how I look at it. Yeah. yeah. So I'm all like, oh, God damn. But I'm also, at this point, I'm still kind of like, not sure if I'm going to stay in Corpus. So I'm like, I can't have a dog, but I love this dog already. Um, it was chosen for you, Caitlin. She did. Your path she, was chosen. She's an angel, and I took her. 
I did. I took her home. I felt a bit guilt, but I drove by that house and I was, I had that whole week to help out there. So we were back in and out of Rockport, Aransas Pass, and I would always have them drive me by that house that yes. her owners lived in. I drove by that house seven days, and on the seventh day, somebody, a car was there. So when you think about, there were three days since they had probably, like, evacuated. They left that dog to survive on itself for ten days. Mm-hmm. So, and I've recently took her to the vet. And, well, I mean, not recently, but like a while back, I took her to the vet and they're like, oh, there's a chip. And I said, well, uh, seriously, but you know, they, they chip everything that you adopt. You go to the Humane oh, Society, they're going to chip it. it's an auto thing. So Got it's it. not like they paid extra for gotcha. it. Gotcha. That's why I'm like, what the? I don't uh, know. I don't know. So I was all like, and I was like, well, I don't really care if she's chipped. I know her owners don't care or her prior owners don't care about her. Like, let's run through the whole thing. They're like, we're going to need you to sit in the waiting room. And I was all... <laughs> I was texting people. I was like, over my dead dot body. Oh my God. <laughs> At no point funny. will they get this dog. Yeah. I was like, I have pepper spray and I have my knife. So if they want to take this Girl, dog, you are from Corpus. I love it. They want to take this dog over my dead body. Yeah. No, at that point, no fucking way. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, you... Yes. So what? what is his or her name? Her name is Ruby and she's an angel. She's kind of a sweetheart. She has uh, heartworms. Which oh, I assume fuck. she got in Rans's past. But, yeah. I mean, not like... Definitely. Uh, not, You've had her less than a year. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Definitely less than a year. But uh, she's a sweetheart. And her and my cat get along. Like, there's no tomorrow. Like, they're goofy. But my cat's also kind of like a dog. So... It's, yes. It's kind of precious. Yeah. When dogs and cats are raised together, one of them adopts the other one's attitude. For sure. Yeah, these two Thank are, God. are something. I know. I don't yeah, want a cat who acts like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've but never had a cat don't. that acts like a cat. <laughs> most people don't, so you lucked out. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell me about your volunteer work at Driscoll's Hospital, and tell me about Mr. Henman. Oh. Yeah, I'm excited about this. Well, so when I was 19, I was volunteering at... I was 19, I was going to... Getting my basics at Del Mar. And I was volunteering at Driscoll, and I was just volunteering in the cookie shop. And the cookie shop is connected to the rehabilitation area. Okay. The rehab center, the rehab was therapy. Was it actually called the cookie shop? Yeah. Okay. It still is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, and I was in there, and I, I just adored it because you get your regulars. I think I was there Tuesday and Thursday, and you get your regulars. Um, like the same kids, you get a C, mm-hmm. which is adorable. I also um, worked this with this lady named... It was Betsy or Bessie, but she was taller than I was. Yeah, like she's tall. She's she was like six foot, no bullshit, and very limited in. <laughs> <laughs> so she <laughs> she was not what you'd call progressive. Like, okay. remember Virginia was like, I want to go to college. When I told her I got accepted into UT, Betsy was like, well, I guess you don't plan on having a family. Oh, I was all like, Lord. damn, Betsy, hardcore. <laughs> but I mean, like, I mean, times have changed. Even with, even with like, uh, uh, I'd hate to say negative, but even you have to appreciate like anybody's thought process because it's yes. still pretty fucking entertaining. Yeah. So I was like, no. Nah. Betsy, I'm gonna worry about me. Like, <laughs> like you do you. Yeah. But anyway, she was so cool. She was a hoot. But anyways, but she was great. And we would have the same kids that would come in and 
Dick Hinman would come in every once in a while and walk around and the waiting room, which is right outside the coffee shop or okay. the cookie shop. Um, and he just, he has that face. He has that demeanor. He has everything that is welcoming. And I just remember being like, that motherfucker I love. Like, he is so cool. It was cool. Like, oh, he's just, he's the, he was the best. And I, he was telling me that, you know, I was like, oh, well, where do you? I think it was like, maybe like a month in. I volunteered there for like almost two years at the time. And, um, and I was like, where do you volunteer? And he said the hematology oncology unit. Okay. So basically Tough like unit. if you have, yeah, if you have cancer or you have blood disorder. And I remember him telling me that and me being petrified at the thought. Like, could I keep my shit together if I was around a kid with a serious illness? Absolutely. And I remember thinking that at the time. And I was like, it was before I moved to Austin. So I was less than 19, maybe 18. I don't know. But I remember thinking that. And then when I moved to Austin, I was not that enchanted with the University of Texas lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Just in oh that. Oh my God. Thank you for saying that. Yes. Just in that, like, I hate rich white guys wearing Sperry's. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I, this is so amazing. <laughs> yes, my friend. 100% yes. So I was just like, and I, I mean, just in general, you always need meaning. And in reality, I had always been volunteering. So that was the one thing that was, I, I was actually doing a, like a, a children's volunteering, like with the reading and mentoring. But I was like, something is missing from my life that I need for happiness. Mm -hmm. So I applied to Dell to do their... Who's out of Austin, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To work in their hematology oncology unit, which is the children with cancer, with blood disorders, right. etc. And the reality is, is once you just get used to maybe they don't have hair on their head, they're usually normal children. Mm-hmm. Maybe sometimes there's like throwing up. I mean, I definitely got peed on once. <laughs> but I it mean, was so you were there. I mean, you were in it. Yeah, it was. It was. It's probably one of the best. Aside from volunteering at the nursing home for that for thirteen fucking years, but aside from that, that was one of the best things because it was also very busy. Mm -hmm. Like it was very active. It was very busy. And Austin has. I mean, we had some of the best volunteers there. There are people. Samia Joseph and her husband. I know his name. It's going to bug me that I'm not saying it right now. But they were like, they had some of the best volunteers there. But um, it was, he was the one that gave me the balls to actually do it. You know what I mean? Wow. I was like, because I remember thinking if I can do that, then there yeah. we are. Yeah, there's I can, not much you can't handle. Then I can do that. Uh, the only time I ever really got kind of emotionally caught up well, I mean, I mean, you do. Yeah. Uh, regardless. But the one, like, usually, you know, my biggest concern was showing fear in my face. Oh, my God. Yes. I mean, you really do have to have a kind of poker face thing. And the only time that that happened was... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking about your white, rich white guys in Sperry's comment. Okay, <laughs> carry on. I have another story about that, about UT and just, like, the nuts on that campus. It was, it was fun. Right. But just the crazy... But, um... I saw there was a little girl with jaundice and that jaundice makes you have the most, your skin coloring is not the same. So mm -hmm. that was the only time that like I've seen 
children with no hair, I got totally used to that. That's totally fine. You know, throwing up, chemo, like running around with IVs, all of it, fine. But the chemo, I mean, I'm sorry, but the jaundice was the only thing that like stopped me in my tracks. That's interesting. Which is weird. Well, it's just, it's seeing somebody in in a different color, like mm-hmm. a different, like a green. Right. Well, something that, I mean, it, it shouldn't be. Like it's a sign yeah. of something wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, like there was one little boy that I really grew, I mean, I say little boy, he's probably 13. Um, that I, I mean, there was a lot of people that I remember there that I grew very close to and that I have no idea what happened to them. So I just hope the best for them. But I mean, to go through child cancer that leaves so much, um, you have long lasting after effects. Uh, it's not easy, not only health wise, but also mentally. Of course. But, um, but anyway, so that was Dell. (laughs) Driscoll, I'm over here. It's not as busy, which is kind of, kind of cool. I I don't know. I mean, that's great. Uh, I mean that all that means is that there's more children that who have cancer maybe, because Austin's a bigger place, of but it's not as busy. Right. Um, but I have some of the most amazing kids that I get to play with every Wednesday during my lunch break. So tomorrow at like 1045, I'll leave my office, head over there, get to hang out. I also get to learn about like all the cool kid games that are going on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's constantly yeah. changing. Yeah. Like the things that they play online, I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm like, Total Jerk Face is a game that should not be allowed to play. I don't even know what that is. But uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. But I, it's just so much fun to just, you and you, and the, the, the funniest thing about kids is that the more off the wall and the weirder you are and the more like outrageous, they're like, they look at you like, you're not like one of the other ones, mm-hmm. huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's just so fun because it encourages to be outrageous yeah you know well yeah and i mean to ultimately be childlike in your interactions with them which i think everybody needs and there are there are just some really amazing kids there that are going through a lot of things that adults can't even handle well oh my god and they're they're handling that you're so right in such a uh, magnificent manner and um and, and obviously their parents are like all the parents that i get to hang out with at Driscoll as well because they're in there. I mean, they'll be in there for like three or four hours getting their chemo. They're in there too. Like the parents are, Yeah, it's a full-time job yes. if your child has cancer. Like it's not. It never sleeps. No. Yeah. And then the medications, you know, and all everything that goes along with it. And the nurses, they're outstanding as well. Like I can't speak enough about them because they're just as friendly and pleasant and professional which hard to hard to combine that. Yeah. Um, as can be. So it's pretty wonderful. Yeah, I, I just I mean, I I so okay, if somebody wants to get involved with that, how do they go about getting involved? I mean, do you just show up? Well, definitely uh, reach out to Driscoll to see about volunteering, mm-hmm. hands down. Also, another place I've been looking into is Boys and Girls Club. There are so many places to volunteer and there's so many studies that research about like, if you want to be happy, volunteer two hours out of your, your week, out of your week or out of your month. So I don't know what the okay. exact numbers are, but I mean, that's doing something selfless. Like people are like, Oh, why do you do that? 
uh, to stay sane. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, it makes me happy. Like, yeah, it's just, it brings me happiness that I can't even pinpoint or even try to elaborate on why. But it does. I mean, you have touched on things, you know, I mean, you're, I think you're a year younger than me, maybe two. But uh, you've touched on topics and realizations that a lot of people either choose to ignore for the entirety of their life or just don't learn until much later in life. So, I mean, that that alone, I mean, to be more enlightened about people's situations and that kind of thing and, and being at peace with your life and, you know, helping the community, which you've been doing. I mean, I don't even have time to talk about all the crap you do. It's just... Yeah, pe- people really do need to know about you, which is why I have you on here, and what you're doing. You you make me sound a lot more important than I am. <laughs> no, tr- trust me. I mean, ju- just, I'm I'm telling you, what you're doing is, is radically altering people's lives in a good way. And I mean, it might not be something that you get any return on or any thanks for, but... I get plenty, I get so much return on the, on the Driscoll. Yeah. Like, every time I leave there, I'm happy. It's, it's free therapy. Like, you want... You want to be happy? Go and volunteer your time. And that's the truth. Like, I don't remember who was speaking. I like to listen to TED Talks a lot. Mm -hmm. And one of them was just like, yeah, volunteering, giving kindness. Kindness and its ripple effect. There you are. That's how you stay happy. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't, I I couldn't think of a better example than than you. And so I just want to thank you so much for being on here and and devoting your time and telling us what it is you do and how you do it and and the effects that it can have on yourself and others and just keep killing it and just being amazing and just thank you. Well, hell yeah. Why not? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I mean, like I said, I just did this so I could hang out with Brittany Moutet. Like, that is it. 